It's time for the Turf Grand Zealot audio cast. From the worldwide command center of intergalactic turf heads, it's the Turf Grand Zealot audio cast. Only on Turfnet Radio. With the chief turf head, the guru of fescue, the Alatollah of iron, Mr. Dave Wilbur. There's only one zealot, only on Turfnet Radio. I don't think I should have played that intro. Oh, man. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, what do I do? <laughs> I'm going to leave it. I'm, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. I don't want to go back. I Look. Welcome to, and I'm not even going to number the episode here. I'm not even going to number the episode. Welcome to this episode of, I'm not even going to call it the Turf Crossella Project right now. Because what you're about to experience, what you're about to get involved with, is the first of what I hope is going to be many. And I, I, I have been asked to do this before, not with this particular person, but in this particular case, oh man, how do I do this? I'm not, I'm not even making any sense, am I? Have I got you guessing yet? Okay, look. I needed to breathe some life into this thing. I needed to breathe some life into my passion for communication. And a good friend grabbed me by the shoulders and rattled my cage a little bit. And he said, look, we gotta gotta do something together. And we kind of put it out there and we talked to some people and we said, hey, you know, are you guys interested in this? What do you think? And they all responded in a really, really, really big way. So I'm gonna be back in just a second with Kevin Ross. If you don't know who Kevin Ross is, he's been a guest on the podcast before, recently retired as the golf course superintendent of Country Club of the Rockies in Vail, Colorado, regular contributor to TurfNet, great, great videos on course turf, consultant, speaker, all that stuff, right? Like Kevin, turf guy, turf head, and friend, man, Kevin is a friend, and uh, we're going to do something together. And you're going to get to hear the first episode of it. And I, I, look, you know that I don't script stuff out. I, 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 I hate over planning, at least in this part of the world, at least in communication, right? I would, I believe in over planning and other stuff, but so we, we're just going to let this roll. I'm Dave Wilbur. And I will be right back with Kevin Ross from On Course Turf. And you know what? This whole thing is so new, we don't even know what to call it. We're not going to call it anything. We're just going to get to it. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening. I, I think you're in for something. I know you're in for something special. The conversation that he and I had was insanely cool. I hate the word epic. Overused in the whole thing, but I think it was epic. I'm going to be right back with Kevin Ross.
The views, opinions and general insanity expressed during this podcast are those of Dave Wilbur and his guests. Do not try this at home. Well, I, I think this is one of those momentous occasions. I'm Dave Wilbur. I'm called the Turfgrass Zealot sometimes. And I'm here with Kevin Ross. Say hello, Kevin. Hi, Dave. How are you? <laughs> and Kevin, uh, you know, if you don't know, I, I can't imagine that you don't know this, but, but Kevin has been uh, uh, doing the On Curse Turf series for TurfNet. Um, you know, doing these great videos and writing all kinds of stuff. I mean, we, we both have, right, Kevin? We've been, we've been for, part for, of that. For years. For years. Yeah, for years. Yep. So the Not I, much writing anymore, more videos. More, stuff, but that's we're, okay. We're more multimedia types, aren't we? Um, <laughs> Amazing I, at you know, our late age where we're actually, uh, we know some of this stuff. Right. <laughs> and I have a face for audio more than video. So, <laughs> so you know. I'm well, you know, it's funny you mention that because I was thinking uh, the other day that a podcast is a pretty good gig because, you know, normally when I do video, like today, if I was doing video work, I would have had to get up and. I would head down, head down to the salon to have my hair right, done. Right. <laughs> wait, what, what? What hair? Hold on. Oh, <laughs> oh wait a minute. That's right. That's right. And, and, and I didn't. I didn't have to call the makeup crew either. Right. No. Uh, no shellacking <laughs> for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. I, podcast. I like it. I like it. Well, that's been my secret for a long time. You know, it's like I, you know, I get up, throw it on a grungy T-shirt, and. And uh, you know, sit here and drink coffee and talk about grass. I mean, it doesn't get much better. It's all than that, good, right? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, the the point of all this r- ridiculous banter is, is that first of all, Kevin and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, I I think we we both um, I don't know we we kind of came up in the business a little bit together. I mean, you know, Kevin's a little more. What am I? I'm looking for the word older. I just want to say it. But whoa, whoa. <laughs> Kevin's slightly Experience. older. Experience. Slightly Maybe. more experienced in life. Um, but we've been we've been friends and acquaintances and and uh, fellow turf heads for you know for a really long time, as well as contributors to to TurfNet. Um, and people who hear us hang out together, who have had the chance to hang out with us, um, you know, whether it's been some of your assistants or just people that we know or whatever. Uh, and I'm thinking back to the Rocky Mountain Turfgrass Conference um, last year mm-hmm. for the Rocky mm-hmm. Mountain GCSA, where we were both speakers, and we were there at dinner, and we just kind of sat down and started talking, and pretty soon there was a group of guys around, and it was like, oh, man, <laughs> Kevin has an audience. We, we, we looked at each other, and we go, wow, people want to listen yeah, but, to what we have to say. And then people started saying, man, you guys should do something. You guys should, you know, you guys should do this. You guys should do that. And uh, quite frankly, you know, I, I shied away from it from a little bit because, because I don't know, man, it's like, you know, they say never hit, <laughs> never hit balls next to Jack Nicholas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't oh, want anybody man. to know how bad my swing is if I'm, you know, if I'm hanging with you. Right. Oh God. So, you know, and when, you're, when you're in solo act, nobody, you know, nobody can really see the shank, but you know, but, uh, but man, I tell you, Kevin, I'm, I'm honored, you know, to. So first of all, have had the connection that we've had for a long time. Same here, same here. Um, but I mean, uh, I don't know if it was the turf net effect or just you and I hooking up here out in Colorado when I when yeah. I first moved out here. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, 
it's great stuff. Great, great stuff. You and I, uh, we've had some tremendous conversations, whether it's uh, over a nice cold one or on the phone or whatever. Yeah, and, whatever uh, it is. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I, and I think that was punctuated for me when we got together recently at a, <laughs> at a, um, at a microbrewery, uh, in Colorado and just kind of on the spur of the moment, you know, we just sort of had a rendezvous, uh, hadn't seen each other for a while sat down and just fell right into it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like if we only, we know. needed the recorder going at the time, we could have had a couple episodes of uh, a podcast right there. Right. And, the, uh, yeah. No, was, yeah. That, that place was so loud. Well, I mean, I could barely hear anyway. But. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, all of a sudden I get a, a text from you and, Hey, I'm going to be in your area this afternoon. You free? Ah, are you kidding? I'm dropping everything. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's yeah, exactly. Let's go have a cold one and, and, and just uh, shoot shoot the breeze. And we're both a fan of craft beers, and so you know it's always you know always good oh, to yeah. do that to you. But um, we're kind of in the right place for that, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. Well, look, let's um, we're gonna we're gonna hop back and forth here. I kind of got the list, and um, you know we tried really hard not to pre-plan this too much. You know, we're just gonna have a, a conversation like we do. But I, I kind of want to get right to what's on my mind right now. Um, sure. which is, which is not in top. Well, it, it's golf related. It's not turf grass related, but, uh, you know, after watching what went down at East Lake yesterday, we're recording this the day after the tour championship. I mean, we had talked before that we were going to talk about Tiger Woods, but I think right. we really have something before. to talk about. We had talked about this a week ago, right? That we were going to, yeah. you know, mention yeah. Tiger and kind of how that's, but, uh, had no idea what would go down yesterday at East Lake. And, yeah, uh, isn't that something after our conversation and then uh, <laughs> to, to, to see it yesterday is just uh, it's it really it really is mind blowing to me. Um, you know he's uh, he deserves it. Uh, he's worked his tail off, and uh, but you know on the other hand and everything, it's like who could have ever thought it? Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean he almost he almost is a superhero. I mean <laughs> after yesterday, whew, amazing yeah. stuff. I mean, look, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's any big secret that I'm not necessarily always the greatest fan of tournament golf. I don't necessarily idolize tournament golfers. I mean, I kind of, you know, I've kind of been to the puppet show and I've seen the strings, you know, and I know those guys are human. I, I know they, you know, I, I, I sometimes shake my head at the celebrity status and the treatment that they get. And, and, and I definitely shake my head at the, you know, the things they say about golf courses sometimes, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I saw Tom Lehman go off, you know, about the Olympic club in 98. And I just thought, gosh, dude, you need to take a pill. But I also understand, huh. you know, yeah. John Scott helped me understand and helped me learn that, you know, it is how these guys make their livings and they can get pretty passionate about it and, and super hyper-focused. But, um, I'm, I'm not always a huge fan of tournament golf and that, you know, that kind of stuff, but I, you know, some, some tournament golf, I think in our world, you have to follow. But I don't think what went down yesterday is is denial. I don't think I can deny it. You know, I don't. I don't no, think I can say. No, well, you can't. well, that doesn't count. Oh, the field wasn't that great. Ah, oh, the golf course was too easy. You, you, you can't say any of that stuff, right? <laughs> you know, you you really you you named you had a couple of good names, John Scott. John Scott. Boy, speaking of John Scott, yeah, I met John Scott back. Uh, not too much longer after uh, I took my position up in the Vale, because um, we we ended up doing a major redo uh, renovation there. And John um, was with Nicholas at the time, 
And I think he still does probably, you know, he, he consults independently, works with Nicholas too. I'm not, I haven't talked to him a little bit of that work, but yeah, he's, he calls it semi-retired. He still works harder than all of us. You know, sure. I'm John, John was so in my corner about my thought process and everything to do with the club and what we needed to do grassing and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was just, uh, uh, it was amazing. He was, he was just such a huge help because, you know, I had a I had a board of directors at the time that uh, was looking at uh, you know you know was Kevin really you know telling us exactly what we need and for John to come in and literally I mean speak almost exact tune that I was it was right and and, and we we hadn't even discussed anything John and I <laughs> and right. he almost uh, it it was it was just uh, it was amazing and uh, you know I, I had known Jack Nicholas my dad played with Jack Nicholas in 1968 my brother caddies for him. Wow. So, really? Uh, yeah, wow. I have some history there with Jack, too. Um, and when Jack came back in to help us with the redo, um, it was that was pretty special for me. Um, and uh, I, I had a lot of appreciation for Nicholas really quick then because I hadn't worked on a project with him. Um, and just to understand his thought process on design and some agronomics, he was much more in tune with agronomics than I actually ever thought. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. That was uh, that was something. So yeah, John Scott. Uh, yeah. I hope I hope he uh, hope he listens to this because uh, he was a huge help. For you me. know, he is a listener, by the way. He he <laughs> listens to and reads everything I do, which is amazing to me. You know, I'm like really, nice. he's he's a friend, and he's always he always has something to say. Um, he always gives me really great feedback. You know, and when I need to have my head smacked about, you know, he can do it in a in a gentlemanly way, which I love. You know, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me because he's always, yeah. he, he's always trying to get better. He's always wants to be in the know about everything. Right. right. But if I see yeah. a sentence that starts Absolutely. with now, Dave, <laughs> 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 I know that I'm just about to learn something, but well, Hey, let's think about it. I mean, thinking about your job and stuff. I mean, how are, how are you doing with retirement? I mean, you're not really retired, oh, are you? I mean, you just retired no, from growing well, grass. I'm, I'm retired from being a, yeah, I'm retired from being a golf course superintendent. I mean, I, uh, you know, that's, um, I, I did it for so long, um, that I am. And, you know, some people say, Oh, Kevin, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. You know, I do miss it a little bit, but, uh, nowhere near as much as people were telling me or whatever. And I think the reason of that is I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, still involved with some guys working with them mm-hmm. and, you know, just, uh, doing, doing videos and going to different golf courses and, and, you know, the, the whole turf net effect with just knowing so many guys mm. and they've just been so gracious that I've done a lot of traveling. And if I happen to be somewhat near somebody, I, you know, you send them a, an email or a call and, Oh, Kevin, come on, stop by. I'd love to, I'd yeah. love to have you take a tour or whatever. I mean, it's just absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. So that little bit of uh, what I call turf feed, and I'm not talking fertilizer. I'm talking feeding me some turf. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and that whole golf course thing, that is just, you know, that kept me going. So I really have not missed it at all. And I got to admit as a superintendent, I not being a superintendent now, I've had, I have so much more appreciation for the job that mm. everybody does. Sometimes when I was doing the job day in and day out, mm. just didn't really think about it that much, I guess. But, uh, you know, guys, they, uh, they do an amazing amount of work do great work, whether it's a crew of six crew of 30, I mean, they get it done and it's, yeah. it's special stuff. So 
yeah, I don't don't miss it that much, but uh, have my hands in enough things uh, that it's uh, it's really uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, I I mean, look, we talked about this. I mean, I want to I want to get to this because I don't want to shy away from it, right? Um, you know, uh, God, ageism in our business. You know, I it, it, you know the easy one is hey, the, you know, the clubs all want to hire the young guys and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I think we've all heard and had that conversation, mm-hmm. right? But, Mm -hmm. but the other side of it is, and I think you speak to this really well is the job is the job can be pretty physically demanding, right? Um, yes, it, it, it definitely, uh, wears on the joints and, and on the body parts, you know, from, from a physical standpoint. And then there's, you know, there's, then there's the stress factor, you know, there's (laughs) the, uh, you know, there's the, what, what I call the, you know, the, the, the price of worry which, which definitely mm-hmm. has a physical impact. And, um, I mean, you must be feeling less of that stuff, right? I mean, come oh, on. Geez. I, I, I went to my, uh, my family doctor for just a, a basic checkup, uh, about a year ago. So I was done about, I had about probably off of being a superintendent for about a year, went in for a checkup and she's great. We've had her for about 20 years or so and walked in and, uh, Oh, my weight was the lowest it had been in three or four years, I guess. And blood pressure was great. And, you know, everything's good. And <laughs> she, yeah. she looked at me like, Kevin, you're, it's, it's amazing. Are you, are you on some nutritional program or you right. know, she asked me a couple yeah. other things. What's the big secret? Just, right? what, yeah. yeah. What's the big secret? And you know what I told her? I says, I'm not a superintendent anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ouch. And you know, I, I, I'll tell you what stress and some of that stuff, you don't know how it really does physically take a toll on you. No, it's the silent. I, killer, I don't man. think you, tr- it, it, it absolutely is. And I'm going to bring a little, you know, some things that I did years ago. I had, I had a little, uh, uh medical issue. So anyway, long story short, my cardiologist wanted me to keep track of my blood pressure. Uh-huh. So I got one of those, you know, fancy new home things. Pretty simple, actually. Right. And for everybody out there, everybody out there, I think you should get one. Right. It's fifty hundred bucks. Get one of these things. Um, Take your blood pressure. Um, So I took that thing and I kind of almost did like an independent study myself. I I take it at work. I bring that that thing to to work and and take my blood pressure. I bring it home. I do it relaxing. Do it everything. And the gist of my what I'm talking about is, you know. I had seasonal change in my blood pressure from when the golf course opened to when it closed to winter time wow. to start up. Wow. With no, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Normally, winter time, my blood pressure was normal, no problem. Summertime, I felt the same, I think, but my blood pressure was, was running high. Just with seasonal job change, golf course closes, the snow falls, blood pressure drops. Yeah, it was actually quite amazing. Well, and, I, and so I, don't for those people that are out there, if I could say one thing is, don't think that you're a lot of times you're not under stress. Don't think that that's actually not getting you a little bit. Yeah, don't believe your uh, own don't, lie. <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you got it, Dave. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. It's an important thing, and. Uh, well, you know, so, that's something that 
guys need to really keep track of. Some people have the personality and the mental fortitude, you know, to just kind of move on through that, right? You know, that kind of soldiers, warriors kind of mindset. But the thing is, is that the physiological thing is still happening to your body. That's the yes. part that that's the part that I didn't understand, you know, and uh, and you, and you probably wouldn't have guessed it. Nah, because I was because I was a badass, you know. Really, mm -hmm. I mean, I just was, yeah. you know, I was I was daylight to dark, Dave, and and uh, you know. So when my doctor, the you know, my thirties, when my doctor said, "Yeah, your blood pressure is a little high," you know, and I just laughed at him. Right, I'm like. It's high because I'm in your office and I hate being here. You know, that's how I put it, right? Right. <laughs> like, I didn't really realize that it was, yeah, I was already starting to pay the price. And, and uh, man, if I had just paid attention there, you know, what could have I have done, right? In my, in my, in my, I think I was, I had just turned 30 when I, when I had that first, I remember it. I remember I was, it was just, just after my 30th birthday, um, you know, in like June of that year. And we were just cranking. And it was like, oh, man, you know, if I'd have just been able to, at that point, you know, change some diet, change some exercise routines, do some, uh, you know, look harder at my food, you know, some different stuff like that, you know, possibly add in, you know, not to get all woo-woo, but to add in a meditation or, you know, prayer practice in my life, you know, some things sure. like that when I was younger, I think, <laughs> you know, but what happened is that, you know, that stuff multiplied. And, um, you know, by the time I was, you know, 40, 45, it was kicking my ass and there was nothing I could do about it. You know, really, I had, the damage had been done kind of, and mm -hmm. it was just a matter mm -hmm. of mitigating the damages. You know, it's just, it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you can't fix it. Um, at this point, all you can do is make it feel better. And it's, that was a hard pill to swallow it really was. So I have a yeah, lot of, I, I hope, I hope. But, I, I hope the guys, I hope everybody out there, guys and gals listening, uh, can really, you know, take that last five minutes of this podcast and, <laughs> and truly, truly take it to heart. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and take care of yourself for sure. No doubt about it. Well, I and, tell everybody now, they, they say, what's one of the most important things I can do to, to, to prevent that? And I think one of it is, is, you know, you got to get better assistance. How do you get better assistance? Well, you got to pay them more money. You know, maybe the most underpaid person there is, you know, so, so you can leave and you can go fishing for the weekend or, or go camping with your family or do some of those stress reductions, let it go. And, um, and, you know, there's a lot, lot to be said about meditation and some of those other things sure. that you brought up, because I know quite a few people that are, that are in that as well. And, uh, you know, it all helps. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You said it, it is truly the silent the silent, it's a silent killer and uh yeah. yeah and you you know you add some other factors you know into our world i mean potentially you know some some risk due to some chemical exposure everybody has different you know philosophies about that and, mm -hmm. and different physiology about that uh you know again you know you add in lack of sleep which some people can do it you know some you know some people kind of kind of can do the four or five hours of sleep a night kind of thing um as it turns out yeah, that'll you know, get you I'm not one of those people. Most people are not one of those people. And and it is a learned it is a learned skill as well, too, you know, is is uh you, know, you kind of have to learn how to do that. Um that's why first responders and stuff, you know, they work so many hours on and then so many hours off. Right? Because right. You, because you've got right. to have that complete downtime, you know, and uh yeah. and be done with I it. I tell you sleep. I mean, that's a whole other subject. I'm not a I'm not a PhD in sleep or anything, but um, 
not. It's amazing the amount, the number of people that don't sleep well. <laughs> you know, that just can't get a good. And when you like, like, let's face it, Dave. When you go to bed and you get a solid night's sleep, good, non-interrupted, good solid sleep, you wake up, you think you could, you know, conquer the world. Right. But right. There, there's just there's not that many people, believe it or not, that do that. I no. talk to so many people in the industry that struggle sleeping, especially when they get a little bit older. Um, that sleep's even tougher to get. And then, you know, things snowball a little bit with that. Right. Right. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really true. And while, and while we're talking about this, Kevin, I just want to say too, I mean, I, you know, I quit growing grass and started being a consultant, you know, fairly early. Right. So I'm also, I'm not just speaking sure. to you. <clears throat> you know, to superintendents and assistants here, I'm, I'm speaking to everybody. I mean, you're involved in this business, you're involved in seasonal, you know, agricultural type, you know, stuff, whatever. I mean, every, everybody, I mean, I shoot, I, I slept less as a, as a consultant, you know, because I would work all day, right. And then fly somewhere or, or, mm-hmm. or go out mm-hmm. to dinner with some guys and then, you know, fall into yet another hotel room in some noisy place, you know, stick the earplugs in my ears and try to get a couple hours, you know, <laughs> Or I had reports to write, you know, because somebody really needed their soil test reports or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I had to stay up and, you know, do this. So, yeah, sleep was, uh, you know, it was always yeah, killer. Yeah, dude, you, you, you beat on yourself, man. I know that. <laughs> My, I know that I for did. a fact myself. So. I did. And, you know, we, you said, you know, no assistance or whatever. I mean, I never, you know, I never had any staff, right? I mean, I just... Right. You know, my one man band, my wife kind of ran the office, you know, the accounting part of it or whatever, but I had nobody underneath me who could do anything that I did. Nobody. I couldn't, you know, I just mm. look in the mirror and tell my people what to do. You know, and it was, it was a mistake. You know, I really, I mean, you can only be Superman like that for so long. And, and, uh, you know, when the house of cards started to fall, it fell pretty, fell pretty dramatically, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, all right, this is the old guy portion of the- <laughs> <laughs> hey, the old guy portion is very important for the new people listening. No, Let's put it that way. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Take like, care you know, of yourself. Yeah, what we're trying to say is like if you feel those unbalances start to happen, if you feel those physiological things starting to happen, if you're, you know, it, you've got to get control of all that stuff. You can't, you can't wait. You can't say, well. No, sooner the better. Yeah, if I get the golf course, you know, just one more year till I get the golf course right. Shit, it's never going to be right. None of us are ever happy. <laughs> not, not, not on the superintendent standards. No. Our standards is as high as there is. Absolutely not. You know, yeah. And we're never, we're never, we're never pleased. We're never. It's always something. Doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Yeah. And I know it's maybe a little different now, but when we were coming along, it was you know you got the place just about right, and then it was time to look for another job. You know, <laughs> or somebody was you know yeah. recruiting you or telling you about something cool or you know whatever. And it's like right, you know, that's right. How that's gonna work. Well, um, so listen, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about your travels. You, you mentioned you've been doing some traveling. I mean, I, you know, I know you went out to see one of our buddies in, in, uh, in Iowa, you know, and, and some other stuff. Yeah. I mean, are you and your wife just like out, you know, seeing the world a little bit? Is that how that's going? Uh, a, li- a little bit. Yeah. We, we call ourselves uh, wanderers. We're, we're pretty good at it actually. <laughs> um, you know, we, uh, we, I sold my house, uh, up in, up in the Vale area. Um, uh, let's see, I sold it and I had to move out the uh, first week of June and we weren't really sure where we wanted to go. You know, we had a lot of, a lot of places on our, uh, on our checklist that we wanted to check out. 
Um, and her, most of her family lives in Rochester, Minnesota area. So we wanted to do this big loop, you know, and we went to Nebraska and Iowa, uh, Wisconsin and into Minnesota and South Dakota and Wyoming. You know, we, we traveled around and we just, uh, we had a lot of stuff we wanted to check out and we looked at a ton of real estate. Um, and along the way I, I, I stopped in, no question and, and talked to some guys, Rick, obviously one of them, um, yeah. at Des Moines Golf and Country Club and others. Uh, I stopped, uh. I was, I saw um Minicata. I stopped in there. Oh cool. And uh see Jeff and uh, yeah. he's got a, a phenomenal renovation going on. Uh I needed to do some video work at a, a local club said, Kevin, come on over. You know, I mean it's just it's just amazing how it's been sure. along the way. And I think a lot of it's the turf net effect. Yeah. yeah. Um, no doubt. But uh, but I'm still homeless. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was just gonna I get think to. You, I think I think you know that. I'm this still is, homeless. I'm kind of in and out. This is the funny part. Everybody listening, check this one out. Kevin <laughs> Kevin and his wife live with their daughter. Like, isn't That's it supposed, right. to, isn't it supposed right. to work the other way around? Isn't your, isn't your you know, pay, 20-something payback, daughter supposed to live it, with you? Huh? I call it payback, yeah. So <laughs> I'm in and out of her condo, you know, in between, uh, uh, you know, traveling, looking at real estate, doing a few consultant things, doing a few... Uh, Turfnet videos, whatever. I mean, it's just, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. She, she's getting to a point now though, you know, cause it's been three months, almost four months now off and on. So she's getting to the point where she might, uh, you know, she's kind of pushing aside a little bit. So I better, I better hustle up and get something. Right. She's like, <laughs> the problem is you don't know where to move to for us. You know I mean? Yeah. You got to find um, the right place. You got to find the right situation. Huh? There's no rushing. The biggest, there. the big, the, no, no, there isn't. The biggest problem, Dave, is Colorado's weather is absolutely amazing. You know that. I do. I do. It's yeah. amazing. So when you travel somewhere else, it's difficult to think, can I live here? You know, bang for your dollar real estate wise. There are a lot of, you know, there might be 40, 45, 48 states that are easier than, uh, you know, better than Colorado. Because yeah, right now, it's really crazy right here. Nuts. Lots I read of- in the Denver Post. Denver Post the other day, the average family home in Boulder is 1.3 million. Yeah. Crazy. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, that, I'm still, I'm still on the, uh, I'm on the house tour still. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand. I get it. And it's, you know what else is, but I gotta, I gotta say one other thing in this little moving thing. And I'm sure, you know, not, not the, yeah. not the harsh on what, uh, well, people probably don't even care where I'm moving by anything, but, <laughs> but I, I have actually contacted a couple superintendents because I've gone to some areas that I know nothing about, uh-huh. contacted the superintendent to give me the lowdown on yeah, what's the area. It, what's it like living here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you are, I mean, yeah. just been welcomed with open arms. That's so cool. Incredible. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. I mean, it's probably uh, part of the turf net the superintendent type effect but it's nothing to do with agronomy no right it's just it's just human right can you yeah. help can you help me out i'm i'm thinking of uh i'm thinking of moving here yeah what's it like living here? <laughs> where's the, where's i looked i looked at a place in estes park and it's right near the golf course uh-huh. and it's on the it's on the river that had the big time flood oh right on the big thompson yeah. yeah 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 on the big thompson exactly 
And uh, I thought, ooh, wow, that's close to the big Thompson. I said, I got to find out somebody who knows what's going on here. Because the real estate people say, oh, no, that'll never flood again. You know, right? <laughs> they want to sell you the house. They fixed that. <laughs> sell you the house. So I, I called John Feeney, who, who I, I think I had met maybe once. I really didn't even know him. Yeah. Oh, man, are you kidding me? He met me on site. Yeah. Talked about the river, the flood. I mean, it is just. It's amazing. So, <laughs> That's so al- cool. along along the way, the heck with the real estate people. I've had superintendents help. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is, which uh, is like uh, that's even better, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. To get giving you the real uh, the real spiel. Yeah. Well, that's cool. All right, let's uh, let's go back to some serious stuff for a second. Okay. Um. That's serious, you know, trying to find a place to live. No, well, it, it is. <laughs> it really is. So there's been a lot of cock. There's been a lot of a lot of discussion. Um, you know, Twitter feeds, you know, all the, you know, whatever we hang out um, about this issue of of mental health, you know, and we touched on it a little bit with stress, right? <clears throat> but uh, there have been uh, a, a good number of of posts and things that I've read recently where. Um, where there's more concern than ever in our business about the state of people's minds, you know? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. again, you know, old guy talk back when we were kind of coming up in the business, it was like, you know, you you just didn't talk about that shit. I mean, (laughs) you know, you really, I never remember sitting around having some beers with some guys or being at a superintendent's meeting or whatever. And it's like, Hey, let's talk about our mental health. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, know, you know, I just didn't know. Let's talk about depression. You know, let's. let's what is that? A patch about... disease or something? We know. Ne- yeah. We never, you know, we never talked about yeah. stuff that was, no. that was that personal, no. you know, especially with guys and, um, and listen, I want to, you know, I want to make very clear that I'm super well aware of, of, uh, the amazing number of females in our business and all that sort of stuff, you know, but it's, it's like, you know, again, I'm, I'm talking about some things back in the day. Um, you know, you know, there was guys, right? There were right. There no, were, no, you're right. You're yeah, right. There were very few, you know, if any, um, you know, female in any part of the business. And now that's changed. And I think that's a really good thing. But, but absolutely. But it's not to say that it's a feminine thing to talk about your emotions or to talk about that, you know, all that stuff, right? And right, uh, yeah. And I know for me, and again, I mean, this is, you know, I've I've written about this a little bit. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a big mystery if you've if you've ever followed me but um i had uh i had my first kind of depressive episode in college and i didn't really know it you know i just kind of i just kind of the dark cloud hit me and i didn't know why and i didn't know what was up and i just thought you know i just thought it was because of the situation or whatever and um and since then you know i've had five or six different you know kind of major um major depressive things and have, have been in and out of, of general depression for, you know, a long time. Again, mm-hmm. a lot of times I didn't I know, know a few, I know a few of those that you're talking about of your yeah. things. Um, yeah. And I, I've gotten over the shame of it. You know, I used to be really ashamed. And again, it was part of it as I was super Dave. I mean, that was the, that was the nickname that Jim Urbina gave me, you know, super Dave. Right? Mm. And how can you be super Dave? And, you know, and be crying in your hotel room at night. Like, you know, I mean, you know, we don't want to talk about that stuff. Right. And, um, again, 
you know, there is so much information out there now, so many good online yeah. assessment tools, so much help available. And, um, you know, if it's one of those things, it, it is so much further past, Hey man, don't worry, be happy. You know, it, it's, it's not that for a lot of people, it's chemical for a lot of people. It's, you know, there's a, there's a ton of other physiological things that are going on with it. And, uh, there's tons of help. There's tons of help. Um, I've heard over the years of a couple of golf course superintendents taking their own lives and, um, no, again, nobody wanted to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It was like, well, mm-hmm. that guy, that guy was, you know, that guy was a mess anyway. Um, a good number of staff members as well. Um, you know, I remember one guy in particular who was, you know, kind of one of my favorite, um, you know, second assistant types who, uh, who took his own life and it was a big shock to everybody. Nobody saw that one coming. And as it turned out, he'd been battling with depression, you know, for years and it, and it got pretty acute. And so, you know, I just, I just really want to put this out there. Um, First of all, you're not alone. You know, if you're listening to this, yes, this is not alone. resonating with you. There are plenty of people out there to help you, trained and untrained. And secondly, if it gets to the point where, where that kind of hopelessness, you know, gets into your life, man, get some help. You know, reach yes. out, reach out, find, find that help. And if you're, flirting, <clears throat> if you're flirting with it and you don't really know what's going on, but it's like it's not really kind of coming together, Again, there's some really good assessment tools online. There's some really good places to see, you know, am I dealing with depression? Am I dealing with a clinical thing here? And, and if so, if those answers are yes, go get some help. The stigma will not follow you. You know, um, sure, somebody, somebody who doesn't know shit might say, yeah, that guy's a little batshit crazy, whatever. Um, I hear it sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> Bat six teases me and teases me and says, "You know, Wilbur, if I was as crazy as you," and I'm like, "Stop, stop, just stop," you know. <laughs> but um, it's not that. You know, it's it's not about that. It's for me, it's a chemistry thing. And uh, finally, got that sorted out after years of working through it. And uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, and the thing that would happen I'm, with me, yeah. Kevin, is is that I would get to feeling better, you know, and think, okay, I don't. I don't need the meds, right? And I don't need the sleep and I don't need the meditation. And then it mm-hmm. would, and then it would recycle. And and it would hit hard again, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny, uh I I I actually had a, a one of my best assistants. I'm not going to mention any names here, but uh, one of my best assistants uh ended up uh going through the depression thing and reaching out and he actually reached out to somebody you and I know very well mm-hmm. uh to help him out and um you know, I think he's he he's back on track now. This is a young, you know, this is uh, oh gosh, I don't know. He he left me. He was probably twenty seven or eight when he left me, and that's right when it hit. Um, just some some things that had happened in his life, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I know he's back. I know he's back on track. So it can happen. Uh, you know, young, old. I mean, and and you've got it right. Reach out. Yeah, Reach absolutely. Out. There's there's certainly yeah. no shame in that. Yeah. I mean, again, my first... And don't stop reaching out. You you may not reach out the right thing first, but don't give up on it. You know, find something else and, you yeah. know, reach out to those people that know and right. hell, reach out to Dave Wilbur. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean, I'm the last person who's going to judge anybody. And I've had a few people reach out to me and I've helped a few people and I, mm-hmm. you know, I do it quietly and, you know, I'm not going to tell your story on a podcast. 
you know, or anything like that. I mean, that's, you know, that's, no, that's, right, that's right. between you and me and, and, uh, you know, and the, and the grid man upstairs, but I'll tell you something. I, my first, my first episode, Kevin, was when I was 19, you know, when I pushed oh, it, just wow. a, when I pushed it just a little too hard in, in college. Yeah. My first year of college. And it's like, all of a sudden everything was dark and I couldn't figure out why and I couldn't get happy. And I just wanted, and I was pissed. I was just angry about everything, you know? And, uh, and th those are some of the great warning signs, right? That I didn't know. Nobody knew it was, again, it was a different time back then, you know, whatever. Right. It was, it was, you know, I just thought I had to kind of man up and, and all that sort of thing. But, uh, and, um, and that's what a lot of times you, you think about, but now, I mean, you don't have to do that anymore. No, you don't no, have to, you know, no. you don't have to do that. And there's, there's so, so many tools and options and people. And yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, don't um, get out there, reach out for help. So I'm going to, you know, in, in some of my podcasts or whatever, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more and, and, uh, you know, I might be a little bit more specific, but, uh, but I know there's been a lot of conversation about it. There's been some conversation about it in some of the other turf media outlets and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And that's great. Like, you know, the more it gets talked about, the better. We're certainly not competing to see who's got the bottom line on, uh, you know, on depression or whatever. But I do know this, I know this for sure, Kev, is that this time of year, like right now, like the end of the season, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's kind yeah. of when, it's kind of when the adrenaline wears, you know, is, is all gone and, and you kind of got nothing mm -hmm. left and you're pushing for just that last little bit more. And this is like a dangerous time for people. As it turns out, it really was for me, you know? Yeah, um, no, I, I think I agree with that. You know, it's when you, when you gather all the stuff, uh, been a long, hot, tough summer for many superintendents. Uh, you know, now they're still trying to manage the staff is yeah. less and less, uh, you know, it's budget time and the GM calls you and wants to cut 20%. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, uh, and, and things keep mounting, things keep mounting. You know? And when the guys, the guys in the warm season environment are just like, man, I had to battle all summer and now I got to put on a winter golf, you know, I, here come the snowbirds, right? I got to be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that overseeding's got to be good, and then we got to get, you know. No, I hear you. It works both ways, warm yeah, season yeah. and cool season. This time of year is a, is a, is a tricky time of year. It's not just because of early order season. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not an EPO thing. <laughs> EOP. EOP <laughs> thing, right, exactly. All right. Uh, okay, let's uh, see. I'm, yeah, end of the season blues sort of thing. All right. Well, I think we got that topic covered. I want to look at something. Have else we talked that... about turf. I can't remember. And we by the way, you know, I did. I did forget one thing. Yeah, I got to say one thing. I tell you, the folks down there at East Lake, the agronomy staff, that place looked really good. And man, you heard nothing from anybody about the conditions. Right. That's the best. That's the best compliment you can get. So hats off to those folks down there. Um, you know, not only. Uh, Watching Tiger pull off something crazy, but uh, having a golf course that uh, matched the uh, drama. Well, and I look. I mean, we might as well we we might as well touch on this a little bit. I mean, again, this time of year, right? Not not exactly easy. Um, I mean, I just man, I I was uh, thinking about you know, I was thinking about Bell Reef. You know, I was thinking about the PGA, right? And it's like, could you pick a a more worse time to have a tournament than you know, than August in, in St. Louis. Ooh, yeah. Tough. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, talk about those guys pulling out, pulling out the rabbit out of their hat, man. I mean, 
And how many PGA championships yeah. have we seen where it's just like, it's been sketchy because, because of August. You know? Yeah. Think about that. But you know, but you know, that's changing. That changed yeah. this year. The tour schedule has changed. And, you know, I think it's going to affect everybody's any, anybody in golf agronomy or whatever. It's going to affect your biorhythm. <laughs> right. The PGA championship in mid May. Yeah. Not in that August. Is, I mean, son of a gun. Yeah. Not in August. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I always used be... to just, I always used to just cringe, you know, it's like, they're really going to pull this off, you know, in, in, in some transition zone kind of place, you know, in August, holy crap, you're just, you're just begging for trouble, you know, really? I mean, when I, uh, when I first heard that the Solheim cup was going to be at Des Moines golf and country club there with my good friend, Rick Tegmeyer, and I saw it was in August, I thought, oh, August. Yeah. In Iowa, yeah, August in Iowa. Um, yeah, but man, what a what a phenomenal job he and his he and his staff did. Uh, and uh, you know, but you have to fight those that that August stuff. You know, whether it's humidity and heat and uh, wow, does, just uh, just does he have bankgrass? Are those fairways bankgrass? Are those bankgrass fairways? Those are fairways more? are bankgrass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. Bankgrass fairways yep. in August. I mean, really. Right, Rick is, and you know what's amazing? Rick, Rick is my took, hero. That, guy, that guy's one of the best grass guys I know. I mean, isn't he though? He is. I, I took I took a yeah. tour this this August, and you know how tough this summer's been. Right, it was right, tougher right. than last summer. Gnarly summer. Um, yeah. and you know, you know, it's it's always nice to you know you get there. Hey, Rick, how you doing? And you got to be ready for Rick because if you don't know Rick Degmeyer when he's getting ready to shake your hand, <laughs> man, you better be ready for that handshake. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, because he has a grip. Yeah, you know? he, so you th- you, you that's th- not a hand. That's, hey, a, that's a paw. He's got a big old paw. That just comes up. <laughs> Rick, how you doing? And he looks at you for about like thirty seconds. He goes, "Want to take a ride? Hop in." <laughs> and you know we're out on a golf course oh, literally instantly. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a it, it, it's it's kind of fun because I I always look at it when I sometimes when I visit a, a superintendent and we go out on the course like like Rick, it's a little stress reduction. Yeah, because they I just let them vent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if they want to, whatever. If, if they want to vent, they just just let it rip. I'll take it and I'll, you know, tell you what I think. And um, so we went out and looked at his course after a really really tough season, and I tell you that place is still pure. Yeah, it's yeah. just that it's some amazing stuff. And Rick, if you listen to this, which hopefully you will. I hope you're healing well and feeling better. He has well, that's right. double just had, a, uh, just had knees replaced. Yeah, double knee. Yeah, yeah. So, but See, getting older. no holding him back. <laughs> getting older. Here we go. Yeah. More old guys. No holding him back. No, I agree. Well, I think it's. I mean, getting back to the tour thing, I, I think it's good that they're adjusting their calendar and thinking through that stuff a little bit. You know, and uh, heck yeah, give Brendel Shambly less to talk about. You know, that's what I think. <laughs> you know, we're gonna go. It's gonna be so strange because we'll go. Uh, mid-April Masters, mm-hmm. mid-May PGA Championship, and I did see it was at uh, uh, Beth Page mm-hmm. um, in mid mid-May, and then we're going to go uh, U.S. Open, typical you know mid kind of uh, June date, right. and then we mid June, and then we're going typical kind of a British Open um, mid July, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Mm-hmm. The majors mm-hmm. are done. And I also did notice on the schedule that the tour championship is going to be about a month earlier next year. Right. They're going to do the tour championship in, well, in late August or September. But that, but yeah, late, yeah, late August. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't FedEx Cup tour championship. I, 
Everybody has different ideas about whether or not that counts or not. I mean, certainly it counted yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see the crowds? I mean, my God, nobody can draw a crowd oh, like Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Back you know, that. I always thought uh, we, we had some tournaments uh, occasionally uh, northern New England. Uh, one year we had the U.S. Women's Open at a course in Massachusetts um, that had got just annihilated with winter damage that year. Uh-huh. Um, so when I when I think, wow, you're going to have the PGA Championship in mid-May. Yeah. You know, Dave, how many golf courses, northern kind of tier United States golf courses can have their place? championship ready in mid-may is that's a, that's, that's a heck of an ask yeah, i that, think that could don't, be don't you i do think especially if you're looking at uh you know anything in i the, mean if you know anything north if, of like say denver <laughs> you know on that line it, right yeah i mean the flowers don't come out till memorial day <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know you know the trees i don't know are the trees in, in new york in full leaf well, I mean, when do the cherries come out in DC? You know, last last week or two of April. You know, te- te- from the tenth yeah. of April on. I mean, yeah, that's the, you know, the kind of the the tipping point. You know, for that's those in DC. Planets. We're talking New York, right? Yeah, We're talking exactly. Beth Page. Yeah, and so I don't know. It's just an interesting. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I but I do know. Like I said earlier, everybody's biorhythms for the year totally off. Totally <laughs> off. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally off. Yeah, man. All right, let's see. I'm looking at our list here. What else, what else should we cover? I think... You um, did have a list? You I did. didn't really have... I mean, I kind of had a list. It's like... <laughs> I don't know if I can even read my writing. Um, that's. But, no, I guess... You know what? I, I think um, we should probably talk about... What should we talk about? We should probably talk about... Um, have we talked any turf things? Should we... We well, I, you know what? Here's, here's what's on my mind. If we're going to talk about turf things, here's what's on my mind. This ought to be a good discussion right here. Uh oh, I'm nervous. Ready? Clipping volume. <laughs> oh gosh, clipping <laughs> volume. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, I we, we don't want this podcast to go too long. I read a Twitter post the <laughs> other day where the guy was going. He was doing. What is it? Milligrams per square meter of, <laughs> of, uh, you know, this is an American superintendent, right? Talking about his, wow. milli- his milligrams of, of clipping volume per square meter mm-hmm. or milliliters per square meter. I don't know. I got, I got to look that up, but I was just like, wow. Wow. I mean, are we, uh, yeah. are, are we, are we out of stuff to do? Kevin? That this is where well, we got to go to be to be exact. Is this is this precision or is this just busy work? You know. What do you well, think? you know, I I joke around with some guys because um, they'll occasionally ask me about the uh, clipping volume, and I'll say, "Well, hell, we did that. You know, I did that thirty years ago." We do. And they'll look at me. They, yeah. They'll look at me kind of a right. You know, they think what? it's they what? think it's a big man, new thing, and crazy. yeah, that's not it's not really true. And, it's not that new, is it? And I yeah, I'd say look. I said, we, we used to tissue test. You know, that was a big thing. That about 30 years ago, 30, 35 years ago, tissue testing was huge. And I really liked it. So, I, you know, I, I got on the uh, tissue testing bandwagon. And all you have to do is, uh, you know, you go out uh, the first time you want to do tissue testing, which is uh, similar to, you know, collecting clipping volume. You put your five-gallon bucket in, you, you label uh, 
sure. you know, whatever green. And, you know, you maybe you test five greens that day. I don't know, whatever. And so the first time we ever got the five gallon buckets back and we, uh, we laid them out, we go, wow, look at that. That's interesting. And then we tried to, you know, figure out, well, what green's bigger, what average green, you know, size, et cetera. Sure. So right away we said, wow, well, that's interesting. And, you know, there's a little difference here and there in greens. Sure. But I thought, oh, clipping. Of course, we didn't call it clipping volume. <laughs> volume, we called it, hey, clippings. How much grass <laughs> is in the basket? Back in the yeah. day, yeah. I, I've had, uh, I've got to admit, Dave, I've talked, uh, I don't know, maybe eight or ten presentations this year uh, in 2018. And I've had one person that collects clipping volumes in the audience and charts it and graphs it and, and makes a real science out of it. You're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I don't know how many people I have spoke to during those presentations, but yeah, only one. So, uh, and then I've had a, uh, a couple older superintendents that I talked to and I bring up clipping volume and. Ooh, oh man. boy. Yeah. Does it start that it starts the engine? It really does. Oh yeah. I never clipping clipping volume. All I gotta do is, walk the golf course and ask my guys what they're collecting in their buckets. Right. Well, and you know what, we'll get back to the tissue testing thing another time. Cause that's a, that's a long topic that I want to cover with you. Mm -hmm. Cause I think we both have some stuff to say, but, but speaking specifically about clipping volume, you know, uh, I know that when I was first starting to work with, with my, <laughs> what John Scott used to call my granola management philosophy, you know, right. Which mm -hmm. was, which was, you know, a lot of, we were doing a lot of stuff that was coming from the sustainable ag world that, you know, that really wasn't really talked about much in turf. And, and I was, uh, you know, applying some of those techniques and doing some of that work. And, and a lot of it had to do with foliar sprays, right? A lot of it had to, which, which was not that common of a thing. Um, right. You know, no, that's in, right. You know, in night, I think, you know, when I was sort of popping that out in 1988, 87, you know, in there, there wasn't a lot of, you know, there were some people spraying some stuff on the greens, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a regular basis kind of deal. And nobody was talking about, you know, organic type things and humic acids and all that sort of stuff, you know? And so I don't know, like I was really interested in, in working those things out partly because I was very interested in being pesticide free and partly, partly because I was just interested, you know, it was like, this is the thing I wanted to do. Um, and I, you know, I just felt like it was the edge that I wanted to cut. It was my personal, it was my personal project, you know, to work through that. And, um, so everybody teased me, Tegmeyer, all those guys, you know, everybody that was involved in the original turf net stuff and turf bite before that, you know, it's like, what's, you know, Wilbur spraying Capri Sun on his greens, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, he's just like, you know, how about grinding up some pine nuts, putting it in the spray tank? You know, how do you do that, Dave, and not clog up the screens? You know, one of them said one time, you know, with all those pine nuts, you're putting, I'm like, come on, you guys, you know, I mean, I'm not really, you know, it's not, it's not this, but, but the point being is that, um, I think one of the things that I was doing is I was definitely managing and monitoring clipping volumes. And part of that was, is because a couple of times when I would get a couple of those sprays, right, my greens would just kind of burst. And this was, you know, this is before growth regulators. This is before Primo. Right. So right. You know, I still yeah, had, to, we, we still had to play golf at my golf course. I couldn't just make it an organic test block. I mean, it was, you know, my job was the conditioning and development of a playing surface. And so, you know, and so if you have a membership that, you know, that like, you know, somewhat speedy greens, and then you go out and, and do some sort of heroic spray, 
that, you know, doubles or triples your clipping volume overnight, you know, what does that do to your green speed? Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. uh, I think we're double cutting or I think we're going to cut greens tonight and tomorrow. I mean, it just, you know, would throw my whole process into, you know, into a big spin. We didn't have that many guys. We had to be resource conscious. And uh, so I knew what my clipping volume was. I knew what was normal for us. I knew what was surface renewal oriented. I knew what was low. I think everybody did, right? Am I, I right think about so. that? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, you're dead on about that. Come on. Are you kidding? Absolutely. I, you know what? I, I mean, sure. He, did, you know, did we measure? Let's see. How many Cushman loads of, of uh, clippings did you haul off the golf course today? You know, Vince? <laughs> you know, because we were composting <laughs> all our clippings. I mean, you know, those were the conversations. I mean, I guess, you know, we could have weighed some pounds or whatever. I mean, I do remember looking at water volume and, and weight, um, you know, some different things like that. When we thought we were, you know, running too much nitrogen, I could see the, I could see this, you know, what I called the squishy factor, right? The, the nitrates in the plant were up too high and you get that sort of watery oh, squishy yeah. plant, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I know we weighed some clippings. I know we did, um, we used a refractometer and looked at sugars from clippings a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot, right? Um, yeah, that was really cool stuff back then. I never did that, but I know some guys that did it, and I thought that was that was pretty neat. You know, I grabbed that straight from the grape industry, and, and straight from oh yeah, measuring the sugar content in the grapes. Again, sure, again, well, not just from the grapes, but from the grape leaves. The guys that really knew what they were doing, with, really, with uh, the guys that knew what they were doing, a foliar spraying grapes. You know, would they would hmm. take, they would take a grape leaf or two and roll it in their hand, and then squeeze the juice you know, with a, like a, with a garlic press or something and, and, and look at the juice on the refractometer, not just the, not, yeah, they had the refractometers cause they used them for, for looking at sugars and grapes, right? That's super common to see when you're going to pick them. But the, the guys that really knew what they were doing with the, uh, you know, with the foliar spray technology during the growing season, were all looking at wow. sugars. That's where I came wow, up that's with that. pretty neat. And that's why we started doing that. Right. Is, and again, it was part of that crowd of, you know, Charles Walters and Acres USA and Sustainable Ag, and they were, you know, it was all part of that world, right? And um, I thought we knew a lot. I thought it was more important to me to know more about my sugar content or what my, what, essentially what is the lipids, fats, you know, sugars, everything that's dissolved in that, in that plant juice, if you will. Sure. To, to understand yeah. the density of that, the specific gravity of that, if you will rather than just the volume of the clippings. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, yep. Because I yeah. thought, I thought, no, that, I, hear you. I thought that depending on whether I had, I had used some nitrogen or whatever I had done, um, that that could be kind of deceitful, but, but the sugar thing never led me wrong. And if I was going back to growing grass today, I would definitely have a refractometer and I would definitely be squeezing some plant juice. And I would, I, it was a great predictive tool. Oh, that's, that's cool stuff. It would tell yeah, me when, great. it would tell me when the cold weather was coming. It would tell me, it was amazing what it would tell. And I just didn't stay on top of that for long enough before I started being a consultant. And again, the whole turf industry was telling me that doesn't work, Dave. There's no research for that, Dave. What are you doing, Dave? You're not a marijuana grower. <laughs> You're a grass grower. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Still plant. Yeah. Still no, I was way plant. ahead of the curve back then. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, like, but, but I, we knew what our clipping yield was. We always yeah. knew what our clipping yield was. And that was something I used to talk to guys about when I, you know, hey, what's your clipping yield? How much are your greens growing? You know, how many baskets do you get off those greens, right? You know, you, you know, 
What, what mower are you using? What's your height of cut? How many baskets of clipping? I would always ask that question. It was just part of the information. Yeah. So I don't know. Now I'm looking yeah, at you. Know, I, I, I was never a desk jockey as a superintendent. You know, I, I was, right. I loved being on the golf course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I loved yeah. being on the golf course first thing. Um, and, you know, I tried to uh, look at the greens uh, every single day. I tried to walk on every green. That was my goal. And yeah. any day I was at work, that's what I wanted to do. And I preferred to do that in the morning. Although I like to do it all times of day because the sun, the sun angle can show you things. Uh, you know, I like to get out there. Sometimes I just give the, tell the assistant, look, you get everything rocking and rolling. I'm headed out on a golf course. I want to see every green if I can with dew. Yeah, yeah. Because dew, dew's your best friend. Sure. Dew yeah, can yeah, talk. Yeah. Dew can talk. Yeah, I want to get on those greens I've before many, the guys are mowing many, or whipping. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I've had many conversations with dew, Mr. Dew. Yep. And for you young folks out there, if you're not looking at your greens with dew, you're missing a lot of stuff. Um, so I was always a lover of deck. Yeah. Dew, dew talks to you, man. A lot of stuff talks to you on the golf course, but dew can talk to you. Dew says um, so I'd love to get out there, and then I'd come back and watch, uh, you know, guys mow, look in their buckets. And um, I, I never, of course, it was at the tail end of my career when clipping volume kind of came on a little bit. Uh, but I never, uh, never really truly measured it. I just uh, look in the bucket and I could tell how, how my greens were growing. Uh, you know, it's the art and the science. Well, again, yeah. I never, you know, I never had the privilege of spraying Primo on greens. I wish it, it came along just after I stopped growing grass. And uh, I'm dating myself, aren't I? But I started consulting then, you know, and, and we talked about Primo a lot, you know, but I didn't get the, I didn't get the full on I'm with it every day, you know, out doing what you just talked about thing when I was under regulation, but boy, did I want to be under regulation, you know? Yeah. But I used Epsom salts and magnesium and some other stuff to regulate my, to my growth, you know, because I just, um, I was like, man, if I'm doing what I want to do here, I want to even this growth curve out big time, you know, and I want to jazz it up at certain times too. You know, before an aerification or a venting event, you know, those kinds of things. Like, I want to, you know, I want to stomp on this a little bit. And uh, I, people don't believe it, but Dave, I've never sprayed growth regulator on my green surface what? in all my years. You're kidding no, me. Never. Hey, oh, you know the soil temperatures in the mountains? Oh, at 8,500 feet, you never use. <laughs> you, 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 you know what you want the grass to do. I want it to grow. Dude. I'm. I was. Baiting. Why would I want I was to regulate? Just, and stop I was just baiting. Maybe on fairways, but but not on uh, greens. I'm. I'm evil. I was just baiting you. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I thought you probably did, but many people, when you know, I mean, oh, you never spray growth regulator on your greens. No, never. And guess what? I never used turning boards in all my life, my career. <laughs> well, we have maybe some, that's got something to do with growth regulator. We have some philosophies about that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. have to. I'll have. I hope Armin hears that little one. He and he's a big. Uh, he's a big. Eh, you know, we never used growth regulators on greens, and and we never used turning boards. I to I wonder if those boards. are linked together. But we did have some collar wear. <laughs> we did miss. Yeah. You know, we did yeah. not make passes. You know, we we had to clean up pass manage. You know, our our collar rings, right? But no, I'm I'm laughing at you because um because again. You know, in some climates, in some places, you can't use the tool that everybody else uses. Cannot. No. Right? No. I mean, in that situation that you were in, spraying Primo, 
<laughs> what a killer that could have been. I mean, really. Yes. And everybody says, oh, totally. it sends the plant sideways and all that sort of stuff. No. And you've got to see the soil temperatures and see the grass go sideways, you know, when it's when you've got, you know, 15 growing days in the summer. <laughs> you just don't get it. <laughs> you, you don't get to play that game. You know what I mean? You just don't. It's, I'm sorry. No. I, I really did lead you right into the. You know, you, you, yeah, the... you did. You did. <laughs> you're, good at, you're good at that. You're good at that, though. But I, you know, my last superintendent's job was in the Sierra foothills and it was, you know, 3000 feet. And we needed that. We really did need that, mm -hmm. you know, above the fog and below the snow. I mean, it was, you know, really, we could play golf 12 months out of the year earlier. And I just, I needed a growth regulator bad. I made my own growth regulator. I had my own witch's brew, which again, nobody said should work, but it did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know. you love that though. When somebody tells you it won't work. That, 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 that may, you know, you're, you're ready to go then. I love that in the, in the fact that I, I think are one of the things that our business has lost is that is I, I do applaud these guys that are observing, you know what I'm saying? Collect some data, observe, be out on the golf course. You know what I'm saying? Find out, find out the numbers, you know, all that sort of stuff. Sure. Right. Um, you know, that's why I love the moisture meter and stuff. Collect some, you know, collect some info. And, and make that info be solid. You know, make sure your tools are working right and stuff like that and have it not be bullshit. But, uh, you know, the more we can learn about the things that we do that affect what we do, you know, the better. Again, getting back to it, you know, we're supposed to be presenting a playing surface, right? I mean, isn't right. that the deal? Isn't it, it's not, you know, it's not a park. It's not a wildlife refuge. I mean, it can be. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the ball has to do what the ball is supposed to do. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I loved from the, all the guys from my time in the UK, you know, from my time in the British Isles and uh, is, you know, man, what, what goes down with the playing service comes first. You know, if it looks, mm -hmm. if it looks mm -hmm. a little off, no big deal. If it, you know, if there's a little bit of top dressing sand on your golf shoes, no big deal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but man, yeah. you know, the sucker's going to play good. And, uh, I really learned a lot from those guys over, over, you know, playability first type stuff. And, uh, it's, it, it's all about playability, isn't it? You, we, we, we may that. not do things the way we should sometimes, or, you know, I've had a great conversation with some superintendents, um, and actually with, uh, with, with Dr. Tony Koski here, you know, I'm not a, when you, when you see a, a, a picture posted maybe on, uh, social media or something that, uh, Oh yeah, I'm out top dressing approaches today to firm them up. <laughs> I don't think that's actually might not be accurate. Yeah, right. If you've got a USGA sand and you're top dressing an approach, and that sand you know really has the true characteristics of a, a USGA approved sand, mm -hmm. I'm I, I'm sorry, but that is not going to firm up an approach. Well, not without that'll make an approach drain better. Yeah, I was going to say it's a drier. it's a surface management thing, and maybe you have to do some other things to to complete that cycle. But just that step alone, how? how? Yeah, you know they do, and when they uh, and and Tony's kind of interesting. He's got a, a lot of conversation with him. I had at uh, the senior open this year. He and I were hanging together, and um, you know most sports fields they have to they don't use the USGA sand right because it doesn't it, it won't stay together. Right. And that's actually, you know, it's supposed to have the porosity and everything else with it. But, you know, in approach, no way. 
I have to laugh. Oh, out, out, heavy duty top dressing on approaches today to firm them up for playability. And I think I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) Well, people will say, Kevin, what, what? That's the way you do it. I said, well, you think about it. And then even mowing by hand, you know, we've done everything to, and I don't want to get too far. I'm I'm going to wrap (laughs) this one up quick because we're getting too crazy here. But, you know, even approaches, I think we've done things different on approaches and wrong. (laughs) We want approaches to react. We put a hand mower on. What does that do? Well, the hand mower, yeah, you know, it's supposed to relieve compaction or not cause compaction. Heck, I think I almost want a little compaction in my approaches. Right. I think I want to use a dirty sand outside the USGA specifications to firm them up. Something that's not really poor agronomically, but something that can bind together and hold a little bit. Right. And yeah, I agree. I mean, we just we got on the whole thing from uh, you know we used to take our our fairway mowers up into our approach. We still mowed them by hand for the aesthetics, but we started mowing them with the uh, mm-hmm. with the fairway mowers right up into them mm-hmm. uh, just to, to get that tightness. Um, and that little more firmness with a sure and, and get the walker, you know, still do it with a walker, we'll yeah, get something right. else up there. Yeah, right. Because, hey, we never rolled approaches 25 years ago. <laughs> right? No. Why do we have to roll approaches? Yeah. Well, because of things probably that we've done to them. Well, some of the reasons, I think. Yeah. We're going to carry some of this over because I. Some of this is is an architecture and construction and construction method um, yeah. conversation, yeah. right? And and I mean, I'll talk through that because I learned a I learned a lot, um, you know, from some of these guys with the more you know with the more classic architecture type bend, um, and why it was wrong to excavate a bunch of bunkers and a greens wall, and kind of push that thing up, right? That whole thing had you know a couple you know the green was perched up, right, and what that everything that goes wrong from that, you know, rather than land forming the whole thing and then fitting a green in, you know, in the lower, mm-hmm. the lower spots. Um, so it's, it's a great, it's a great conversation, you know, I, I think probably, we're going to have to do another one of these. Things. No, really? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think Peter <laughs> McCormick will make us do another one. And, oh, let's hope so. It's been fun. We, we, we've, uh, we certainly, uh, have put our time in here. Well, listen, um, we're coming up just over an hour. I'm kind of at the end of my list. I think we better call it a jam. And uh, I, I think we better. And yeah. I think we'll, we, uh, we get to do this again. But Kevin, man, I'll tell you something, buddy. I can I just say this? I love you, dude. I just think you're. Hey, I right, think you're so much right fun. back at you. Come on, right back at you. <laughs> and I, I think I hope people will see that. Uh, you know that when you and I get together and we pull the starter rope on both of us, you know, and start up our personal turf grass leaf blower opinions, um, that it comes from a place of, of uh, daily passion for a lot of years. You know, I want to share a lot that. Of years. I think you do too. And still, still, yeah, yeah still yeah. passion. Yeah, still I mean, you got the passion. We, we, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've got, I, do. I mean, I'm going. I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to do a turf net video tomorrow, and I'm going up to the golf course here in the mountains. And- I probably won't sleep tonight. I'm so excited. So excited, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I woke up early about this, and I was like, oh, I can do this thing every day. It's so cool. So, uh, I woke up well, early, but I didn't have to go to the salon. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> Neither did I. But it's, uh, it's a good thing. Well, listen, Kevin. It's hey, been, uh, been fun. Appreciate it, Dave. 
Yeah, uh, man, always, any... always great talking. Always. Any last words of wisdom from you? Um, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay wow. tuned. And we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening. I'm Dave Wilbur of the Turf Pass Sell It. That's Kevin Ross from Encore's Turf. Okay. I'm just going to mark out right now. Do you know what that means when you mark out? Okay, well, if you don't, too bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, ah, I can't believe. Like, I'm, I'm finishing up editing this, right? And, well, there's no editing to do. Heck, I just pulled everything into my studio gear here. Just did a little levels work, and I mean, I, there's nothing to edit, right? You can't edit that. Con- How do you edit that conversation? I'm so blessed to have been able to share this with you. And uh, what are we going to call this? Well, I don't know. After this, maybe it's going to be the Turf Head Jam session. Yeah, that one kind of resonates. We'll see. We'll see. But I, anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, this is the Turfgrass Ellet Project and On Course Turf coming together, doing the podcast thing. And uh, we're only on TurfNet, only on TurfNet Radio. And we'd love it if you'd share this around. It's You don't have to be a TurfNet subscriber to hear this. Uh, you can share the link. You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, it's going to be all over social media and that kind of thing. So uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate everything that you guys do on a daily basis. And hey, you can go back to your life of killing grass. Take care. <laughs>